Law and Liberty. This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download this book or purchase a physical copy. Law and Liberty. Russus J. Rushdoony. Copyright 1984 and 2009. Alicito, California. Chapter 25. The Anniversary of Communism. In 1967, the Soviet Union celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Socialist Revolution of 1917. Communist publications hailed that event and its anniversary as important dates in the history of mankind. Lenin, in particular, was singled out for great praise as the leader of that revolution. In fact, today, Leninism is the approved form whereby Marxism is to be understood. It is important for us, therefore, to examine Lenin's thinking. The man Lenin was a dedicated admirer of the murderous Nechayev, who advocated the use of total terror, lies, murder, and any means possible to obtain the revolutionary objective. Lenin also commended Petr Tkachev, a similar degenerate, and he urged everyone to read him. The strategy of these men was to offer the peasants every kind of desirable property and life in order to stimulate revolution, and without anything but contempt for the people. Lenin believed in dictatorship. Quote, equal rights was a phrase to be used to catch fools. After all, the revolution in 1921, Lenin declared, quote, all phrases about equal rights are nonsense, end quote. On November the 17th, 1917, Lenin declared, quote, we will destroy and on the ruins we will build our temple. It will be a temple for the happiness of all, but we will destroy the entire bourgeoisie, grind it to a powder. I will be merciless with all counter-revolutionists. End quote. According to Lenin, human nature craves submission, requires dictatorship. His purpose was to establish total dictatorship and use power to remake man and the world. Lenin therefore justified violence and oppression. He suppressed not only all hostile, monarchistic newspapers and periodicals, but he also suppressed all rival Marxist publications. He justified this by declaring, November 17, 1917, quote, To tolerate those papers is to cease to be a socialist. The state is an institution built up for the sake of exercising violence. Previously, this violence was exercised by a handful of money bags over the entire population over the entire people. Now we want to organise violence in the interests of the people. End quote. Although Lenin talked publicly about democracy at times, yet, after a meeting on January 19, 1918, Lenin told Trotsky, quote, The dissolution of the Constituent Assembly by the Soviet government means a complete and frank liquidation of the idea of democracy by the idea of dictatorship. Lenin advocated total terror, as the means of destroying all opposition, wholesale murder, destruction and unremitting violence. He saw mercy as a bourgeois virtue, and one of his common remarks was, quote, There are no morals in politics, there is only expedience. End quote. Morality was for him nonsense, and he declared to a gathering of young communists, quote, We repudiate all morality which proceeds from supernatural ideas or ideas which are outside class conceptions. In our opinion, morality is entirely subordinate to the interests of class war. 
Everything is moral, which is necessarily for the annihilation of the old exploiting social order and for uniting the proletariat. Our morality, then, consists solely in close discipline and in conscious war against the exploiters. We do not believe in external principles of morality, and we will expose this deception. Communist morality is identical with the fight for strengthening the dictatorship of the proletariat. Of religion, Lenin said, quote, Religion is the opiate of the people, a sort of spiritual liquor, meant to make the slaves of capitalism drown their humanity and their desires for a decent existence. End quote. Will the Bolsheviks retain state power? End quote. Declared that his program was a success precisely because the Bolshevik seizure of power was so widely detested. Quote, we hear the voice of approbation, not in the dulcet sounds of praise, but in the roar of irritation. End quote. Since everyone else was by definition the enemy, whatever displeased the enemy had to be good to Lenin. In the same article, Lenin described the necessary ingredients for a revolution. An insurrection requires, he said, first, quote, the maturing of the revolution on a general national scale, end quote. This means that across the nation, not a majority, but a sizable and active element, must come to believe that their only real hope is in revolutionary violence. They must regard all lawful measures as a subterfuge and snare, as an attempt to fool the masses into being inactive and subservient. Thus, the first ingredient of revolution is a number of people whose hope and activity is violence and terror. Second, the, quote, the complete moral and political collapse of the old, end quote. Notice that Lenin placed moral collapse ahead of political collapse. In order to make this collapse possible, everything was done prior to the Russian Revolution to assault, ridicule and deny the religious and moral foundations of the nation. People will not fight to preserve something that is meaningless to them. Hence, by every means possible, the spiritual, moral and political heritage of a people must be made meaningless to them. This involves an assault on a people's religion and education to make them means of undercutting their intellectual and spiritual roots and reducing them to a position of nihilism. The third necessary ingredient for revolution, Lenin declared, is, quote, great vacillation among all the intermediate elements, that is, among those who are not fully in favour of the government, although they fully supported it yesterday, end quote. This point is a critical one, quote, great vacillation, end quote. The inability to make a strong stand, create revolutionary violence among a people in moral and political collapse, and they will tend increasingly to respond with moral vacillation, unable to take a strong stand. Instead of condemning violence, they will excuse it. These morally nerveless and broken men will deny that they are for violence and revolution, but, but they will also refuse to make a clear-cut stand against it. They become thereby a great asset to any revolutionary element and a necessary ingredient for revolution. Lenin's analysis is an excellent one. It is hardly necessary to add that we have all three ingredients of revolution in our midst today. The revolutionary activity and violence, the moral and political collapse developing, and the great vacillation and inability to make a clear-cut stand dominating our contemporary world scene, as well as the home front. Lenin advocated violence and terror, not, not a reasoned, dispassionate programme. However, 
this violence had to be planned violence. He liked Karl Marx's statement that, quote, the armed, quote, uprising like war is an art, end quote, end quote. He cited Marx's chief rules for armed uprising, which Lenin called, quote, a special kind of political struggle, end quote. First, quote, never play at uprising, but once it has begun, remember firmly that, that you have to go to the very end, end quote. Second, quote, it is necessary to gather a great preponderance of forces in a decisive place at a decisive moment, else the enemy, being in a position of better preparation and organisation, will annihilate the insurgents, end quote, end quote. Third, quote, once the uprising has been begun, one must act with the greatest decisiveness. One must take the offensive absolutely and under all circumstances. Quote, defence is the death of an armed uprising, end quote, end quote. Fourth, quote, one must strive to take the enemy by surprise, to take advantage of a moment when his troops are scattered, end quote. Fifth, one must try daily for at least some small successes. One may even say hourly when it is a question of one city, thus maintaining under all circumstances a, quote, moral superiority, end quote, end quote. Marx and Lenin both emphasised Danton's statement, quote, audacity, more audacity, and still more audacity, end quote. Practically applied, Lenin meant by these principles that communication media should first be seized, telephone exchanges, railway stations, telegraph offices and bridges. Today, power plants would be added to this list. Isolate a city by these steps, Lenin said, and then move on to the various centres. The, quote, watchword, unquote, Lenin said, quote, must be, let all die, but do not allow the enemy to pass, end quote. A very important point emerges from all of this. From the standpoint of Western parliamentarians, communist tactics are crude and bungling. These Westerners are sure that the communists will mature and outgrow their inept ways because they equate maturity with parliamentarianism and immaturity with violence. Moreover, because the goal of Western politics is to persuade, not to coerce, they insist on seeing the communist tactics as poor public relations, as an inability to persuade. But to the communists, this Western parliamentarianism is the ridiculous and immature political... This Western parliamentarianism is the ridiculous and immature political approach. Violence, they hold, is more successful and more logical, given their philosophy of history. Moreover, the communists are not interested in persuading. Their goal is to coerce. The record of coercion is highly successful. Why should they turn now to persuasion? From the perspective of Lenin, the struggle between capitalism and communism is total war. The strategy he therefore demanded was the strategy of total warfare. This strategy was all the easier for him because he held morality to be a myth. The strategy of total warfare becomes all the easier if your enemy falls prey to delusions and is the victim of wishful thinking and believes that he is on the debating platform instead of on a battlefield. This delusion can be encouraged to make the task of destruction easier. Where warfare develops, the communist schemes about his enemies, quote, atrocities, end quote, in a limited war, and at the same time wages total war. The result of Lenin's realism has been a high degree of communist success. One of the central features of Lenin's system is consistency and single-mindedness. 
a total dedication to one purpose. Leninism cannot be fought by men who mistake war for negotiations and a battle for a debate, and who cannot recognise when and where they are being attacked. The Western liberal plays lip service to a few Christian ideas, holds to a Marxist environmentalism and an English parliamentarianism. Like the mule, he is a hybrid and just as sterile. The future can never be commanded by men who cannot command the present. The times call for Christian faith and realism. Nothing less can command the day. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.